Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This week's show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffner. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives, and today we are going to talk with a member of the education department here at York College, uh, actually their director of their graduate education program, Josh DeSantis. Josh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. You kind of had a non-traditional way to get to uh, to the, the, the college. Uh, you've only been here for five years. Um, talk a little bit about that, what your background is. Sure. Uh, before I came to York College, I was a teacher. Uh, I really believed that I wanted to be a teacher my entire life. Okay. I, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher from basically middle school on. It was my dream job. I wanted to be a history teacher. I wanted to teach American history. <laughs> uh, so I went to college and I did that <laughs> and I loved it. And it was everything that I, I thought it would be. I stopped at Arby's along the way. I, I worked there too. It was uh, better than Arby's. Uh, oh, right. yeah, they, yeah. You know, those yeah. food jobs do help you uh, in, in career thoughts sometimes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It helped light the fire a little bit too. Um, so I loved being a middle school teacher and, uh, and, I, and I just kept going to school. I just didn't stop every every semester. I took another class and another class, and I earned my master's degree and, <laughs> and I earned my doctorate. And I decided that um, that it might be interesting to take what I was doing as a middle school teacher and a high school teacher uh, and see if I could help ready new teachers to to enter the profession. So that's uh, that was the impetus for my my uh, travels here. So uh, are you, you still obviously have an interest in history, probably. Absolutely, yeah. When when you talk about um, training teachers, has that changed since you started? Uh, you know your uh, your career as a as a teacher. Yeah. So the the purpose of a school is to prepare children for the world that they will inhabit. So as that world changes, schools change. Maybe just a little slower, maybe a little one or two uh, years <laughs> behind uh, behind that curve. But ideally, yes, yeah, schools uh, need to evolve to keep pace with the needs that the the, the kids that are in those schools are, are gonna are gonna have when they enter the career and workforce and, and become citizens in a democracy. So, absolutely, there's been a lot of change in schools. That change, I think, has accelerated in the last you know four or five six years um, as uh, you know technologies that have become available that were just a dream even you know 10 years ago so yeah there's been a lot of change you, you talk about that acceleration and and i think probably what you mean is uh we're, we're seeing many more computers i have uh you know two sons who are in their uh 20s and 30s when they were starting school computers were there but not like they are now these kids literally walking kindergarten day one they're working with with some sort of a computing device i do mean i do mean that uh, but I also mean what that does to the relationship between the kids and the content and the, and, the, and the kids and the teachers. So bringing a tool into the classroom, like a slide rule or an overhead projector, um, is basically a, a replacement for an existing uh, okay. tool. So it's a more effective way to use a tool. But uh, what we're seeing now are the use of computers actually changing 
what schools do uh, and how schools operate and breaking down the, the structures that have um, really made a school a school for the last hundred years or so. All right. How is that? Well, uh, g- give me some examples, maybe, I guess. So an example might be the use of uh, like micro-analytical data approaches. So um, you've, got, um, you've got technology systems that keep track of student attendance and performance on assessments and uh, learning styles and, and, uh, and their interests and what they're like in the morning versus what they're like in the <laughs> evening or the afternoon. And it can keep track of all that for you. Uh, and each student has those like individual um, proclivities. Each student has the, their their own special like template. Um, and each teacher is really at their you know optimal uh, best as opposed to figure out how to teach each one of those different templates. Maybe you have 21, 22, 23, 24 of them in your classroom. It's not realistic. But if you've got a computer system that's really good at that, that'll track that data for you, it can allow you to uh, tailor instruction to meet each learner's needs in that classroom. And it can actually um, it can actually inform that instruction in a way that was a dream years ago. And it really changes what the role of the teacher is. Instead of just mm. disseminating content out right. to students, they're now the facilitator uh, and they're responsible for kind of managing the social aspects of what those activities are supposed to be. We are talking with Josh DeSantis from the York College uh, Education Department, uh, talking a little bit about education. So when you're training new teachers, uh, you're almost having to break the old molds in a way right yeah it's um it's the greatest professional challenge in my life because <laughs> um a central value that that uh that i really respected among the teacher educators that trained me is being the thing that you want your pre-service teachers to be um so if we're teaching them how to uh, how to deliver instruction uh, and, and we say it's really important to be engaging and we show that on one line on, on an overhead projector uh, then we are not being authentic and they're not going to listen to what we have to say so I think um, that um, that authenticity is really key and a challenge as emerging technologies reshape what we're expected to do and how we're supposed to how we're expected to uh, interact with our students and the content I've got to actually do that so I actually I have to be kind of on the cutting edge maybe even four or five Five years out ahead of where schools are now uh, and how I'm sharing information with students and how I'm designing instructional opportunities for them to learn the content or the skills that I have for them. Obviously, the freshman that comes to the college, say, in you know, back in the fall or the coming fall, they're not going to be a teacher for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Things may change considerably in that time, right? That's that's exactly that's exactly the idea. So I work with schools uh, in our region, uh, like Central York School District, uh, and uh, Dallas Town School District schools that really understand the uh, advantages that these types of technologies can have for their students. Uh, we work with them to make sure that our teachers, especially you know freshmen and sophomores, that our pre-service teachers get opportunities to see what this really looks like in action and to learn from teachers who are harnessing these tools and leveraging them to be much more effective than what was possible before. So our students get that authentic, engaging experience in places where technology is being used well. You know, you talk, uh, you're in charge of the, the graduate education program, which probably is a lot of, in, in a lot of cases, teachers who have been in the classroom already for a number of years. Is that a special challenge for them uh, coming into and trying to kind of relearn how to be a teacher in a new environment? Well, I think 
um, really great teacher education programs, and I, I count York. Obviously, I'm biased, but I count York <laughs> in that in that list. Um, they model, you know, lifetime learning. Uh, the best teachers okay. spend their entire career growing and improving and looking for ways to be more effective, uh, and that's you know even more important now as you know this pace of technological change accelerates. Uh, so the best teachers always grow and change and improve. You know, when I think about my hero teachers, the people that I really looked up to when I first got started, and some of the teachers that inspired me to enter the profession uh, originally, they were people that had just classrooms filled with just stuff, and most of it they never even got to. It, it was like the, the the leftovers of you know half finished lessons or ideas that they had that they tried once and you know might get back to you if they have a little bit more time. These are people that just evolve and change and look at um, changes as opportunities. So the the teachers who come to us for continuing education in our graduate program for the most part are teachers that already have that value instilled in them and then it's our responsibility to um, to uh, give them something engaging give them an engaging encounter with something new that positions them to continue that growth that they seek we are talking with Josh DeSantis from uh, your college education department also the director of graduate education program I, I know that we're also facing a lot of changes from a uh, not an education from a governmental you know uh, the, there are a lot of testing of students and all that sort of stuff where do you stand on all that I don't I think it's irresponsible to say that we shouldn't test our students testing is a tool right. um, you know teachers have to know what's going on inside of the heads of their students whether they're actually learning right right it's our job right, right. so and teachers have always done this we, we we say we should test our students as if this is some sort of like new idea um, teachers have always given tests we've always been you know trying to be responsive to what um, the the connection is between what we're teaching and what they're learning so um, so this this testing paradigm in, in a sense is a retread of an old idea um, I think what I'm getting from your question is that um, there is this increasing onus on um, teacher uh, performance being um, um, pulled out from student assessment data. Uh, and that's the more controversial idea. In 2012, the state of Pennsylvania transitioned its teaching evaluation paradigm. Now every teacher uh, is uh, evaluated partially on their own, um, their instruction from an administrator, but, but also partially from student assessment data. And that's the controversial uh, piece. My, my, um, my thoughts on it are that we shouldn't equate student performance to teacher punishment. Uh, we shouldn't see this as a stick to hit uh, to hit teachers with. Uh, teachers are one variable in the student's learning equation, uh, and sometimes it's not the most important variable or the significant variable. Um, you know, you get a student in your class, you're the latest link in a long chain of teachers and and, and other adults that have influenced them. Uh, I think that we should be um, empowering teachers to to really reach out and connect and engage with those students and uh, a testing um, paradigm where that that uh, that makes it less likely to happen I'm, I'm very much against my litmus test for a good education policy is whether or not it makes more great teachers you know mm -hmm. all of us can close our eyes all, all of right. us can think back to an amazing teacher that shaped us and, and, and challenged us and inspired us. If an education policy makes it more likely that a teacher like that enters a classroom and stays in it, I'm for it. 
if it's a if it's a policy that makes that discourages those teachers or keeps them from ever entering the classroom to begin with, I'm against it. I think this evaluation uh, paradigm is destructive in that way. It makes it less likely that those teachers enter the classroom. Uh, so I, I do I do think we should look for new ways to uh, to inspire teachers. All right, one last question and and. I don't know that there's an answer to this in 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 the, sh- in, in the short time that we have. One of the things that we you mentioned, you know, Central York and and Dallas Town, both mm-hmm. uh, York County school districts are very engaged, really. But we have in the city of York, we have a school district that is really really struggling. Um, what are we doing, and how are we going to be able to bring some of this? the technological change and some of the changes to some of these inner city school districts that really are struggling with it. Well, let's link it back to the initial discussion about change in schools. Okay. What technologies are doing are making it possible for us to empower learners, to give them voice and agency in their own instruction, to give them a a say. Um, And what happens at York City schools or what has happened historically is the, the more... Um, the more trouble they got into, for, right. um, the less voice and choice those students got. We went the exact opposite direction. Uh, the more we tried to boost those test scores, the, the, the more we took away um, specials and art and music and, um, and you know and, and uh, family computer, consumer science. The more we took away their their voice, so um, that's a school with really great people. It's a school that we've, uh, in our education department, we've made great strides with supporting. We now send our pre-service teachers into the school early on in their in their career, so that they can have that chance to engage with students in that way. Um, we've got really great relationships with administrators, like Dr. Holmes, the superintendent of that school. Uh, we have pretty much each semester meetings with uh, with him and his staff to uh, to make sure that we're being responsive to their needs. I don't see it as a failing school district i see it as an abandoned school district it's a school district that's a different um, way to look at it yeah it's it's and and so another way to support them is to be honest about how policy shapes what that school uh what those schools look like um uh, you know not just at york but really all across the state all, all across the country it's inequitable it's unfair um i uh when I was a history teacher, uh, I brought a class of students to the Smithsonian. They have this really great exhibit there. It's the um, it's the Woolworth lunch counter uh, from Greensboro. It's four chairs. It's uh, the four chairs that, that the Greensboro four sat in when they resisted um, the uh, segregation policies at, at the Woolworths. Um, they endured, you know, milkshakes being dumped on their head and being pushed around and, uh, you know, violence uh, and um, they, they endured it nonviolently. And there's room for two classes, and there's a little program they run where you learn to be nonviolent as a weapon. You learn the power of nonviolence. Uh, there was room for two classes. I brought my, my students down. Uh, they were from Susquehanna uh, High School, which is a rural, uh, mostly white school just north of Harrisburg. The other class that was with us was from Baltimore County Schools, and it was a primarily African-American class. Uh, the whole point of that program was that these four men stood up to end segregation. You know, one look across uh, the other side of the room where that program was happening, and you and you knew that that work of uh, segregation remained unfinished. Uh, the same thing's true where we sit right now in this studio. We can look on one side of the road and we see one of the wealthiest, highest performing schools in the state. On the other side of campus, um, there's a, a low performing school that's impoverished. That's inequity. And one way we can help is by saying what it is and, and advocating for policies to uh, 
to alleviate that and, and be more fair and equitable. Josh DeSantis, uh, your college uh, education department. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs Mondays and Fridays at 10 a.m. This public affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the executive producer of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for another in-depth look at the York College community.